Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the BP Movie Journal, the show we do where we talk about the stuff we've seen since the last time we did one of these. I'm David. I'm Tyler. Uh, this is going to be a short one, probably, because neither of us has watched much in the past week. Yes, it has I, been a very busy week for me, unfortunately. Oh, so, okay. It frustrates me when I when we get to a movie journal, and I've only seen like one thing. And even then, in this case, not even a new thing. So um, It hasn't been particularly busy for me. I've just been reading comics. Oh, okay. So you want to know what's going on in Justice League Rebirth? You want to know what's going on in Star Wars? I'll catch you up. But uh, no, uh, very, very few movies. I will t- I'll, I'll, you know what? Here's how we'll pass some time. Okay. Let's do the uh, Celebrity Sighting Guessing Game. Oh, okay. okay. I, I had a good one today. Okay. All right. He was wearing a tracksuit and walking a tiny dog. So it's a he. It's a he. Okay. Yeah. Is he a movie star? Uh, he's been in movies, but you know him more from TV. From TV. Okay. Drama or no. comedy? Comedy. Okay. Very much comedy. Recent, like last five years? Uh, no. I mean, he's obviously still alive and he still yeah, yeah. shows up and stuff, but I would say his heyday was mid 80s to mid 90s. Mid 80s to mid 90s. Interesting. Uh, the star of the show? Um, the show he's most known for no he did have a show that you and I are huge fans of that he was the star of oh jeez but he is most known for a different thing on TV okay by, is, by most people is it was he like an official cast member of that thing yeah yeah okay for right. a long time um, and this was a comedy, not the lead. He had his own thing that he you his own are thing. big fans of. Yeah. Huge fans. Yeah. Here's the thing. This might be a bit of a hint or might even make you more confused. The main thing that the main TV show that he's known for, he was still doing that during the time that he was making this small thing that you and I are big fans of. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Let's see. What do I like? From that period. Yeah. It's not Patrick Warburton because the tick didn't show up for a while. Um, animated? It, it, the thing that we love is animated, but he's not known. Like the thing is most it, people know. Is it John Lovitz? It's John Lovitz. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Tracksuit tiny dog. <laughs> Walking around Beverly Hills. I would like to get him on the show. That would be a lot of fun. That you should have given fun. him a, a card. I'm yeah. sure he would have loved it. I'm bad at that. Uh, and he was talking to somebody. Um, That's very exciting. Yeah, that was an exciting celebrity yeah. sighting. I'm glad you. Yeah, I was like, how do I hint that it's animated? Because if I say it's animated, Tyler's going to know exactly what I'm talking about right away. Right, right. Um, uh, but I'm glad you got to animate it on your own. Yeah. Because uh, it occurred to me that like. It's like wow, there's a lot. I mean, that was like a that was a great time for me for animation. You had like Doctor Katz, you had Simpsons, Futurama hadn't come about yet, but you had The Tick and The Critic and all that kind of thing. So, but I I had forgotten until I looked it up on IMDb today that he that he that he was that he was, that he was still when The Critic was on. Apparently, I don't think I knew that. Um, maybe he was like still showing up on Saturday Night Live like as a that I feature play or whatever, but not regular. But like, yeah. Um, uh, uh, apparently according to IMDb, he was still doing Saturday Night Live. Um, when did the critics start? 92, 93, no, like 95, 95. Really? Yeah. And oh then it boy. ended in like 96. <laughs> it was on yeah, yeah. 97. It was on okay. two seasons. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about movies. Okay. Uh, I've seen two movies this week. They're both new movies um, that haven't come out yet. Uh, that's right. Neither one of them has come out yet. Both of them I am okay to talk about. Okay. Okay. I'm working through that on my own. Um, the first one is a movie called The Mountain Between Us. Oh, yeah. Which is the movie about uh, Idris Elba and Kate Winslet um, uh, crash landing in the Rockies and being stranded, stranded mm-hmm. uh, them and a dog. Um, Bo Bridges dog. Okay. Bo Bridges is the pilot who dies in the crash. Oh, all right. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's basically a two hander, three hander. If you count the dog, but it's sure. the other like major speaking parts are Bo Bridges and Dermot Moroni. We've got right. a great cast here. Yeah. In fact, when we did the fall movie preview, I remember Julie, um, Cesnovich brought up that this is a movie that had been like trying to get made forever. And like, this was like the third pairing of cast members. <laughs> and it's like, third time was the charm because I looked up yeah. who like at least according to the IMDb, IMDb trivia page like who was attached to this before and so originally it was going to be Michael Fassbender and Mar- Margot Robbie okay. Margot Robbie good yeah not Idris Elba and Kay Winslet and the second one was um oh fuck who was the woman it was Charlie Hunnam and now I can't remember who the woman was but again not yeah. Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. It does seem like now. I think I. I think I prefer Idris Elba is a very good and interesting actor, but I do feel like also, there's a certain energy to Michael Fassbender that I like. But here's the difference. I think. Think about it. The, the, look back at the TCM Classic Film Festival 50 years from now. Okay. Everyone's forgotten about The Mountain Between Us because it's not very good. Sure. But it's going to be like, hey, there was this movie that these two like. Sure. Like you might like Michael Fassbender more as an actor, but I'm saying Idris Elba is more of a movie star. And I think in 50 years, more people are going to remember who Idris Elba was than remember who Michael Fassbender is. Was. Hmm. Do you think Idris Elba is but, a movie star now, or there is more of a movie star quality to him? And eventually yeah, he's going to be okay. The latter. Yes. I mean, I think definitely black America, you know, sure. loves Idris Elba already. And sure. even though he's not even American, uh, and his character is not, he's playing his nat- natural, uh, uh, accent in the in this movie, okay. um, and also his character is trying to get to Baltimore, which I thought was like, did they make oh. it Baltimore just because of like as an in joke to the wire or Maybe. whatever? Um, but the idea is they're like in Boise or in Idaho. It doesn't say Boise specifically, but I'm guessing that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a storm coming, and all the flights are getting canceled, and she has to get to her wedding, and he's a surgeon who has to get to uh, a patient, and so they charter this like uh, Vietnam vet who has like a small plane and a dog, Bo okay. Bridges, who's like a folksy uh, war vet guy. Sure. Who, uh, he's like, yeah, 800 bucks. I'll take you guys to Denver. And then Idris Elba is going to fly into Baltimore from there. And then Bo Bridges has a stroke while flying the oh. plane. Um, the character Bo Bridges is fine. Okay. Good. Um, uh, um, by the way, much, uh, you know, love to Julia Louis Dreyfus. We just learned like, as of this recording, we just learned tonight that she's been yeah. diagnosed with cancer. Um, boy. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope all the best for her. I know, you know, she, uh, has a lot of money, which I think will help her with her healthcare. Indeed. It's, um, unfortunately that's the way things work in this country. Um, uh, she, yeah, but, uh, best of, best of luck to her. Um, yeah. I hope it's so yeah, my, uh, my boss actually has breast cancer. Um, and thankfully they caught it very early and so everything's Good. going to be okay there. And so like, 
I, whereas a, f- a friend of mine of, at this point four years ago died of, of cancer um, and they did not catch it early. And so like it really does, for the most part, seem to be like when they discovered it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's late stage, there's not really that much that can be done. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yes. What a sad thing to say. Uh, yeah, that is sad. Um, anyway, back to mountains between us, yeah. the mountain between us, I guess, which is the second, the blank between us movie this year. Cause there was the space between yeah. us. Now but this one is probably the, more memorable. Yeah. I'm looking for the, uh, the, the the mashup the space mountain between us oh my gosh that'd be- <laughs> disney's the space mountain between us oh i should i should have tweeted that yeah um That's, you still can <laughs> yeah i guess no one but for, for a tweet uh, like that you need a full 280 i gotta say yeah i need that 280 <laughs> give me that 280 I'm, I'm starving over here um anyway uh the movie itself unfortunately is not it feels like a star vehicle and i think it never uh, it never really rises above its premise. Um, it, it's kind of uh, programmatic, I guess, in that way. And then in the end, it becomes very frustrating to me where mm-hmm. it feels, I mentioned old Hollywood. It feels old Hollywood in like a cynical, boring way in which it becomes just about like the romantic aspect where mm-hmm. it's like these people have like been in survival conditions for weeks. Like we should be exploring like, the like that seems like a, a lot of length to go to just to get two characters to make out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yes. it, this movie should be about something more. Their bond should be something more than just a will they or won't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That really cheapens it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, that's exactly what it, how, how I felt. Unless there's, unless, you know, there is a, a way of like doing this maybe because there's a, an element of this might be the last person I ever kiss or something like that. But if, but that takes a very specific type of tone and it sounds like this is not that. See, I don't want to give too much away because I think it comes up against that. Like I think the first times in the movie that the romantic, what you would otherwise call romance, the, yeah, the, uh, any physical elements, it feels like that. And I think that makes where it goes in the end, even cheaper to use your word. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, last thing I'll say, uh, we've talked many, many times, at least I've talked many, many times on this podcast about how I'm only bothered by like the unbroken take thing. If I'm noticing it, if I'm noticing it, that means it's not working. And the, the plane crash sequence It's not just the plane crash. It's basically from the moment they leave the ground to the plane crash is, so it's them getting to know one another and getting to know Bo Bridges and then the stroke and then the plane crash is all one take and it's. I noticed it like very early on. It's very showy. Uh, and it it, it took me out of it, um, quite a bit, uh, unfortunately. Anyway, because if you use the long take to just focus on two people talking, that can actually be very effective. But I, yeah, I haven't. But I, I think what, what the problem is that they're on this tiny plane. It's just Bow yeah. Bridges and the dog in the front, and then two seats of them in the back, and their luggage behind them. And it feels yeah. like so much of it is like, look how much the camera's moving in this tiny place. Yeah, yeah. Look, Kate Winslet like switches seats at one point, and we're like, this is like a we're looking at Bow Bridges' face, and then we're looking at the dog, like it, and the, we haven't yeah. cut yet. Like it, it, it feels it felt very look at me. Who directed this? again uh uh honey abu asad hmm. um i think this is his first english language movie okay um he made rana's wedding which i never saw but i know hmm. that was a movie that um 
and one called Paradise Now, I think, maybe? Oh, I, I, I can picture the cover. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Um, all right. Uh, what did you watch? What's your rewatch? So, uh, what did you drop in on? I, <laughs> I don't like this guy. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, that's almost, I know that you didn't say it like that, but it's almost Jiminy Glick-esque. It's, it's like, now what, did, what did you drop in on? What is a, what is a Tyler Smith watching today? Um, I miss Jiminy Glick. I know. Well, there is, there is, there are a few like new-ish, like in the last year or two, like interviews on YouTube yeah. of him with Ricky Gervais, him with Larry David, him with Seinfeld again. And uh, Oh, I man, think you showed me that Seinfeld one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I never saw the movie, though. Jimmy Glick and La La Wood or whatever. No, it's I heard it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, I do think like the interview thing is, is where he is best. Yeah. I know. I liked his home life with his wife, Jen hooks and his, yeah. and, and his children, Morgan Mason, <laughs> Matthew and Mo D for strapping boys. <laughs> um, and so, uh, that is the best Jiminy Glick I have ever done uh, right there. Yeah, well, well and it's done. not like I've tried to do it a lot, but admit it, it's not a voice I want to have. But yeah. uh, anyway. Isn't it different like when you're not trying and something comes out? Oh, no question. Like one time, I think I told this, I was telling my wife a story about Mark Wahlberg and I just started doing Mark Wahlberg and then both of us like forgot what story I was telling and we're both like, <laughs> well, that was great. <laughs> like you really did Mark Wahlberg and I've never been able to get back there. <laughs> and then you're like, let me try, let me try and do it again. <laughs> I can't even do it. I was going to go, I was going to try and do Jiminy Click as Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. anyway. I you were going to start singing the um, Funky Bunch song. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell you a single one. Uh, good vibrations. That's him. Isn't it? I don't know. You should look that up. I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, Jen and I, the other night felt like, uh, revisiting an old classic. And so, uh, we watched, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, that's a good one. It's great. You know, for a long time, I've said the third one is my favorite, and I think it still is, but it is close. It's very, very close. And, you know, I, I, there are, I think I have certain issues with the way David Yates makes movies, but with that first one, like it's, it's, it's still new. Like he's still new to it. I think he's trying to prove himself maybe. Um, beautifully like art direction is beautiful like the ministry of magic like it's the first Mm -hmm. time we've really seen it in any kind of meaningful way and it looks really gorgeous uh there there are scenes that are just allowed to just allowed to breathe like scenes between harry and sirius uh it it's and there are nice there are nice uh small moments even in the midst of bigger things like there's the the big battle between Voldemort and, and Dumbledore, uh, in which, you know, Voldemort uses fire, Dumbledore uses water. And then Dumbledore's basically got him. Like he's got him in this like water orb. And then Harry wants to do something. And Dumbledore just kind of like knocks him back to get him out of the way. And that brief, and it's one second, but mm-hmm. that brief moment of distraction and now Dumbledore, uh, Voldemort is, is free. And so little, little details like that. I love. And of course, I mean, Umbridge is like one of the villain, one of the best villains of our time because she's just so obviously she's heightened, but she's so recognizable. This very specific type of bureaucratic sing songy, pleasant, but no less mm. angry and uh, evil and it's it's the kind I feel like it's the kind of evil that a person actually could achieve 
without realizing it. Um, Voldemort, yeah, I feel like you gotta have to, you kind of have to try. You gotta want it. You gotta really go for it. Um, but Umbridge, you know, that's like the type of person that you could become if unchecked. Um, and it really, it has just such a nice, uh, it has such a nice rhythm to it. It is a really well put together film and a really nice transition, uh, between the first four and the last four, uh, tonally, the, the fourth film is pretty dark, um, especially that last bit, but this is like, okay, we're getting into adults, adulthood now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still moments of silliness, but like, yeah, we can't afford full on silliness now. Voldemort is back and, and he is killing people and it, uh, and then the last thing I'll say is that, uh, I, so when the students are fighting the, uh, the death eaters and they're holding their own, but they're, they're not really going to be able to win this. And then the order shows up and you've got like, there's Sirius, there's Tonks, there's Lupin, there's Moody, like all these, all these guys. And when they show up, like the kid in me, and I, of course I'm 35 now, but uh-huh. the kid in me is like, it's like, Oh my gosh, how exciting. Like it's not merely backup, but it's like powerful backup. Yeah. And it's exciting to see like, and we haven't really gotten to see like some of these are former teachers. We haven't gotten to see them do something like this right. before. Yeah. And now we get to see it and it's that. And there's a, that really wonderful line that Sirius says where he says like, I suppose you're the young ones now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, we're going to like, we're going to be okay. The, the teachers are here. The adults are here. Dumbledore's here. We're going to be fine. And then Sirius goes mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh no, like this is not a, it's not a guarantee that these adults will protect you. They'll do what they can. And, but you're going to have to sort of, you're sort of on your own after a certain point. And, uh, it is a, a really marvelous film. I might even at this moment be talking myself into liking it more than the third film, but I do think there's such virtuoso filmmaking yeah. in the third one that I like that, uh, I yeah. think I go for that one, but, but I think the fifth one is my favorite. Well, the fifth, the fifth book was always my favorite. Okay. Um, and I think the fifth one is my favorite movie, too. Uh, I like what you said about being more adult because what it does, I think you're right that the fourth one has that, that the Goblet of Fire has darkness or whatever in the story. But I think the Mike Newell's like presentation is very sort of classical. Yes. And I think what David Yates did, and I think Slavomir Idziak is the DP, um, is he took that sort of, um, really, I think what Alfonso Cuaron did in the third one of using the wide, frame and moving the camera a lot mm-hmm. but changed the color palette to ref- to, re- to to reference the way that this was darker whereas yes. the third one has a sort of sunny like coming of age color it palette does. to it for a lot a lot of the parts yeah. um order of the phoenix on has this sort of uh a, a little more dour maybe yeah, um maybe a bit rich, too much at times um color palette i don't know I, I i like it but it does a lot of movies look like that now um yeah and certainly david yates movies do yeah um, yeah which is unfortunate, but, uh, yeah, I, and there's little moments that I, that I love, uh, like the Weasley twins, uh, and their, their rebellion against Umbridge, uh, like with the fireworks and then they just like blow every decree off the wall and then there's, then they have that giant W and it's like, and I find myself feeling like, yeah, fucking a, yeah, (laughs) go get them Weasleys. And I I don't know. It's just, uh, I was, I really was happy. I rewatched it. I've seen these movies many times, but, uh, but I do think that they reward, uh, multiple viewings. Uh, 
All right. Next up, another, unfortunately, another movie I didn't like. I was very intrigued to see this um, in no small part because I know you, Tyler, were a big fan of Bone Tomahawk. I was. Which I still haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But I saw S. Craig Zoller's new movie, okay. Brawl in Cell Block 99. Okay. Uh, no, no, thank you. Really? <laughs> I didn't care for it at all. But I don't know. It makes me wonder if, like, because... I haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. I want to make that clear. Right. My understanding is this, that was sort of a passion project for him, you know? Uh, yeah, I would, I would think so, yeah. And so it makes me wonder if, like, Bone Tomahawk gets made, it's sort of a surprise cult hit or whatever, and then someone says, hey, you got any other scripts lying around? And it may, maybe it, this feel, felt like a very immature script. Um, and I wonder if it was something that it was just like, someone's going to give me money, here's something I had that maybe I, I wrote before Bone Tomahawk or whatever. It doesn't feel... It's two hours and 15 minutes long, which is longer than it needs to be. Um, which it has been said about Bone Tomahawk as well. Um, okay. Uh, it's, I think it's full of this sort of like, and I like his sense of pacing, I think. It's very deliberate mm-hmm. um, in the movie. It's, uh, some might describe the movie as slow. I don't think slow is the right word for it, but it does feel, uh, you know, I know this is the pot calling the kettle black because of the name of our show, but it felt pretentious. Sure. It feels like there's this layer of sort of like grim existential philosophizing and moralizing to it that I feel like is just kind of trying to hide the fact that it's a pretty unimaginative story and the characters are actually pretty thin. Hmm. Um, sometimes I would say insultingly. So the Vince Vaughn plays a guy who um, loses his job and takes a job um uh, delivering drugs for a friend of his who an old friend of his who is now a drug dealer mm-hmm. um, and uh, drug deal goes wrong he goes to prison and then his drug dealer boss's rival like kidnaps his wife and is like you need to uh, kill this guy who's in the prison okay. but like that's more difficult than it sounds because the guy's in a different a different prison than Vince Vaughn yeah. is in so Vince Vaughn has to act out to get uh, transferred okay. and okay. Okay. Did I mention it's Vince Vaughn? I think that's yeah. unfortunately, I think that's a big problem. Yeah. I, I think Vince Vaughn, I've, I've liked him in the right role, but here I just don't like, I understand the script calls for this character. Bradley is his name to be massive. And I understand that Vince Vaughn is super tall and he's yeah. clearly bulked up. I don't know if it was for this role and just in general, like yeah. he is big, but his, so his, silhouette is imposing but i've never found vince vaughn's carriage or demeanor to be imposing and also he's doing a southern accent in this movie which Mm. is not a great choice unfortunately um uh so i think there's a that that's a hard way in but also i think like the the movie is i i hate to i hate to say this such a dismissive thing but the movie feels in a lot of ways, very racist to me. Oh, okay. Cause he and his wife are like the only white people in the movie. Everyone who is not white is a bad guy and their not whiteness is called out. You know, I'm not, I'm wrong. Cause some of the prison guards are white as well, but they're okay. assholes. The only good characters, I guess are, are, are white people. John, Don Johnson plays one of the wardens. He's oh. actually maybe the best performance in the movie. He's you know, He's a nasty like even in a movie that has set the bar pretty high for nastiness, he's a nasty motherfucker in this we, movie. We really should do an episode about wardens because they really yield. So oh, okay. I thought you were going to say we should do an episode about Don Johnson because well, sure that too. Absolutely. I like Don Johnson is, I think a, 
kind of an underrated, a largely underrated actor. I think because he's yeah. so attached to these two TV characters he played yeah. from Miami Vice and from Nash Bridges. Yeah. Um, that I think his range, cause he's, and he's so charming in those things yeah. that his, his range is kind of downplayed. Um, Eastbound and down used him so well mm. where he's charming, but he's a wastrel and a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and then, then Django, of course, very funny in Django yeah. and chained. Yeah. Um, like, so should I treat him like what? No. Yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, uh but so yeah. Like, oh, okay. Speaking of Quentin Tarantino, I think there's a thing and this was, you know, I think when I was younger, I thought this started with Quentin Tarantino, but I think this was a thing in the seventies that Quentin Tarantino kind of brought back, which is like criminals, white criminal characters being casually racist all the time. Oh, sure. And that's something that happens in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. And I feel like it's come back into movie. Like whenever someone makes a crime movie now that's in any way Tarantino influenced, there's going to be a bunch of just racist, just people using the N word or whatever. And I, I, I don't think it's like, uh, I, I think this is where the movie. One of the things that really offended me about the movie is that uh, Mark Lucas plays the 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 um, the uh, drug dealer that's Vince Vaughn's boss, okay. and he's he has two scenes. In the first scene, he spends pretty much the entire scene saying awful shit about black people and Mexicans. Okay. That's like most of what his scene is about. The only other scene he shows up in near the end of the movie is he gets to like help out the good guy. And it's like, so why did you introduce this character as this big racist and never like, I feel like I want as a viewer, you want, there to be some sort of karma or you want the lack of karma to at least be acknowledged. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And th- there's a, there's sort of a, a Chekhov's gun situation here where like, <laughs> right. like it's just out there. And unless you're going yeah. to address it either negatively or perhaps the character is able to put it aside and, yeah. and learn, yeah. you and, know, but if that's, if neither happens, then it's like, okay, this seems a little indulgent for no particular reason. Yeah. And I think in retrospect, there is a reason I think Mark Lucas his character is racist. This is his scene is pretty early on is racist pretty much just to show us that Vince Vaughn isn't to show mm-hmm. us that Vince Vaughn is like, yes, he's a criminal. He has a temper problem. He is, uh, can be violent. Um, but he has a code. He has morals, right. he has principles. Um, and so I do think that, I, I think that is the reason why, but it also feels incomplete. And again, like I was, imp- like I was guessing at earlier, it feels amateurish. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I do think that the success of bone Tomahawk, I think there's a problem, a potential problem that actually sounds like now it's not really even just potential. Um, rather famously bone Tomahawk is a first draft. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's great. <laughs> I don't think lightning can strike twice, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I, can, you're right. I can imagine, you know, the success of that film, the critical acclaim, that sort of thing. I think it could, it could solidify in a young, you know, mostly inexperienced writer. It could solidify. It's like, Hey, you don't need a, you don't need to edit. You don't need another draft. Whatever you think is fine. And, uh, I think, it worked well with bone Tomahawk. And I think he, I think it was a passion project uh, that he'd been working on for years to get made. So it's possible that he was maybe adapting it in his head or something like right. that. But uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, that said, I mean, if you look at the rotten tomato score, uh, the handful of people who have seen the movie really liked it. Oh really? Um, okay. Except for our, um, our friend Todd Gilchrist is like right. the only rotten review on rotten tomatoes right okay. now. Interesting. So this could just be me, but I, I do think as more people see it, it will, 
I, I think that will fall. Um, I do think that to go back to Bone Tomahawk, I, I think Kurt Russell is a, is a better actor yeah. than Vince Vaughn. Like yeah. Vince Vaughn, I think is, I think I agree with you. He's a very effective actor in the right role. And I think with stuff like true detective and other things, I feel like we all keep waiting to see, Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. I never saw this from him before. And there but are, did there are try moments with like, he did psycho and like, he's the, trying, uh, he's always tried, I think. To yeah. Be a, and I, I appreciate for that. some reason. <laughs> yeah. And there Maybe it's are because moments. he's so tall. People keep thinking like, let's, he's going to tower over everyone. Let's yeah. make him a heavy. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And then it's like, Oh right. This guy's super gangly. And then he put on, <laughs> put on weight. And it's like, eh, still not really, really working. Um, there are moments in true detective when he's great both imposing and like when he's talking I didn't to that realize you watched the second. Oh yeah. Yeah. Season. I watched that one first. Um, because I didn't want, I wanted to look at it as its own thing and not be comparing it to the superior first season. Um, but yeah, he's, he seems to interpret in that like toughness as just like being very still and mm-hmm. quiet and dour. And it's like, you can do that if you have a certain type of presence, which he doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. So I feel like he, again, there's nothing wrong with being great and just in specific roles. There's nothing wrong with having your niche, but I think he, I think we have come to realize that Vince Vaughn is a limited actor and that's okay. Yeah, he's still, you know, he's better than I am. Um, uh, at acting, I mean. Uh, well, maybe if you were to do like a Mark Wahlberg impression, maybe you could <laughs> tap into that. So uh, I will say the rest of the cast there are, you know, I, me- I mentioned uh, Don Johnson, also um, Jennifer Carpenter, who is an actress that I like, uh, plays his wife, um, but it's such a standard like kidnapped wife type yeah. of role, unfortunately, um, especially for someone that I've always felt has such a. Uh, distinct presence on on screen. Um, hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of Jennifer Carpenter. I can't. She's I can't place Emily Rose from the Exorcism. Exorcism of Emily Rose. She's the lead in um, what was the movie that was a remake of Wreck? Um, Quarantine is that what it was called? Oh, uh, uh, yes, I haven't seen it. Um, but people mostly know her from Dexter, which was a TV show, which I also called. have not seen. Uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, yeah um, I guess uh, not applicable. So I, I've always been a fan of Jennifer Carpenter. Um, also showing up uh, Udo Kier as a uh, right. slimy, threatening bad guy. What are the odds? Um, and then a, uh, yeah, a one scene, one very good scene um, that's actually in the trailer, if you watch it, of uh, Clark Johnson um, from The Wire season five. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, our friend uh, Fred Melamed, of course, shows up as the world's most supercilious uh, prison guard. <laughs> I, I believe that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I do, I, I would be interested to know what you think of, of bone tomahawk. I think you would like it a lot. And it's interesting. I would not be surprised if, if he had written this one first, yeah. because the mm-hmm. idea of like the kidnapped wife, there is a kidnapped wife in this and she is a full fledged character, incredibly strong, very well written. Uh, nothing really standard about her, I think. And so, I don't know, maybe, maybe as a writer, he got better, did this one. And then it could have been, did he direct this as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah it could have been like, what else you got? We got to, we yeah. want to be in the Craig Zoller business. Um, I do love the idea of it having this movie that is very much a serious, if incredibly violent and gory action movie, um, having this like schlocky 
uh, title, this yeah. like exploitative uh, uh, B movie title. I like I like yeah. the name Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine, even though there's yeah. like there's a bunch of violence that happens in Cell Block ninety nine. You wouldn't really call it a brawl. At yeah, any but point. the word brawl is fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, now. Uh, do we have, do you have any TV? Just the one thing, which is okay. that I watched, um, the, the good place, um, to, I haven't watched the one I can, we record on Thursdays. It airs on Wednesdays and I never have mm. watched the one cause yeah. I was at, I was the screening room watching brawl and so lock 99. Yeah. So I didn't watch, uh, the last night, but I watched the one hour premiere of the good place as much as I had problems with, I was kind of let down by the twist of the end of season one. The beginning of season two is it's like, Oh yeah, I still really like this show. Yeah. It's still very entertaining. Um, and also I think I like, um, I, I like a serialized show that is willing to just, uh, explode what you think are major things about the, like hmm. there's a, you've watched the whole first season, yes. right? So there's a setup at the end of the first season that is it okay if I, I'm going to slightly yeah, sure. spoil That's this fine. season two premiere. the end of the first season, there's the twist, but then there's that glimmer of hope at the end of the yes. first season with the note. Yes. Um, and so you think, okay, this is where the second season is going to be out by the end of this first hour. Things are complete. Like that note has completely like, served his purpose and then moved on. And that's not mm. at all a part of the, like, it, uh, I, I really like the idea of, uh, of a show, uh, setting up. And I'm trying to think there are other shows that I've liked that have, that have done that. Like, Oh, okay. I guess this is the new status quo. And then the next episode, you're like, Nope, this is, uh, everything's different now. Um, yeah, there's something I don't watch enough recently TV that like that would it, do that. Oh, I mean, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do this. Uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, what the, was the, the vid chat or whatever? Uh, no. What was the? What do they call their like black ops? Uh, uh, oh yeah, they had a I, name I, for it. I don't rem- remember. It was but like yes, squirrel or something. And they spend so much time <laughs> setting it up, <laughs> and then two seconds taking it down. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> um, and so yeah, good place kind of did that with the. Yeah. Uh, I guess minor spoilers. The the note at the end isn't. Like it played a huge deal in the first hour, yeah. but then like it, <laughs> they, they kind of like uh, upended things again. I, I, I used okay. We're gonna stop. You don't have any TV, right? I do. Uh, Survivor. Um, I was gonna briefly talk about that, but very briefly. Um, okay, what are you gonna say? And then I'm gonna say my dumb little thing. That uh, okay. Uh, so this season uh, it just started yesterday, and it's uh, an unwieldy name. Boy, I don't like Survivor sometimes. Um, it's. Uh, heroes versus healers versus hustlers like how about let's get some commas in there at least um like heroes healers and hustlers that's yeah. at least a little bit better how about hucksters instead of hustlers here's the deal hustler in this case doesn't mean that it means someone oh. who's like really really willing to work you know right um like a uh in hockey terms you call them a grinder someone who just shows up every day and grinds it out yes 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 also, I guess maybe there's a, an association with like that app. Uh, oh, I was thinking of sandwiches. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. And so, uh, yeah, and it's interesting. And I've said this before, like the way people, um, the way people, sorry, I'm distracted by our guests showing well, you up. You better hurry up. I know. I know. They're going to burst in here. <laughs> yeah, Hello. Um, <laughs> part of the door. But no, it's so interesting when they ever, whenever they have these themed seasons uh-huh. and the people on the tribe, 
the people who there are people that internalize it. The people like there's someone's like, hey, we're on the heroes tribe. We got to act like this. And usually there's someone's like, who cares? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever gets me further. Why right. am I going to embrace this? Right. And it's, and anytime someone does that, it's like, they're going to do fine. But anytime someone and like the hustlers like, yeah, let's do it the way the hustlers do. It's like, no, don't just do be whatever you need to be as an individual. These, these designations are pretty arbitrary anyway. And also they don't last the whole season, right? Usually when it comes to like, when, when the designation comes to like who you are in your life, there are some people that will carry it out all the way down the line. Uh, or as long as they last, which often isn't long. Um, I remember being very frustrated when you frustrated when you told me about the millennials versus Gen X or whatever, yeah. where it was really just millennials versus not millennials. Cause they didn't go to any length to define what yeah. generation X is except for not millennial. Yeah. Uh, speaking of millennials is the dumb thing I was going to say. Okay. I am. And, uh, you know, I'm a millennial. This is part of my personal brand is mm-hmm. to insist that I'm a millennial, uh, no matter what anyone says. But, uh, my wife, Natalie pointed out, um, <laughs> this is a very funny exchange. Uh, it's part of an ongoing thing. I okay. tend to, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if listeners have noticed. Um, I use a lot of colloquialisms or terms sometimes that are a little outdated. Okay. I don't know if that's something you've ever picked up on. It's something that Natalie makes fun of me for mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I don't necessarily know they're outdated because I think I read old stuff and watch old sure. movies. So, uh, and I said something about, um, uh, that, like, I said something like it upset the apple cart and she was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, upset the apple cart. And she just like shook her head, shook her head and was like, you're not a millennial. <laughs>